0: The Old Testament reading is from Ruth. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem and Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Gileon. They were Ephraites from Bethlehem and Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there, but Elipalike, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and both Malon and Gileon died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything, but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
0: The epistle is from 2 Timothy. You, then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy for, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Let's rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel is from Luke chapter 17. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to, them, said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God's grace and peace and joy is yours through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Sandra and I attended the Michigan District All Pastors Conference this past week where the theme was More Than Sound Bites. And if you look in your bulletin, you'll see that the title of this message is just that, More Than Sound Bites. I found the discussion to be very stimulating and thought I would share with you some ideas from that conference that we attended. The conference was developed around that theme But the text that was being used was the text from James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because man's anger does not produce the righteous life that God desires you know as well as I do that we live in a society of soundbites. Headline news, memes, cliches, tweets of 280 characters or less, endless Facebook posts, two-minute articles, and we click from page to page as we browse the Internet. The TV shows that we watch transition from scene to scene, image to image, very rapidly, quickly. In such a society, concentration and contemplation and reflection and meditation are rare commodities. For our minds meander from thought to thought. Sometimes our minds even race from image to image. And it really is hard to stay focused on any one thought or image for any, one long, for any length of time. Attention deficit inflicts all of us. To one degree or another. And it's into this bite-sized world that God says through James, be quick to listen. He's not saying listen quickly, but be quick to listen. He's saying before you form judgments about God or about someone else or about something, before you open your mouth and possibly put your foot in it, before you become angry, and say or do something that is hurtful to yourself or hurtful to someone else, or might even be really foolish, listen. Listen. Listening was very important in the first century because books were rare, especially written scriptures. They did not have copies of the Bible in their pews like we do. They they didn't have copies of Bibles on their phones like many of us do. No, when they went to church, they had to listen. They had to listen to the Word being read, orally read. And they needed to listen because if they missed something, weren't listening closely, they would probably miss some important truth from God's Word. And so St. James says to the people of his day, Be quick to listen. Soak up up God's Word. Meditate on every angle of it. Eat it. Digest it. Memorize it. I like how Psalm 119 pictures it. I open my mouth and I pant, longing for your commands. There's good reason for listening, for going deeper for opening our mouth and panting, longing for God's commands. Because, you see, our Creator has important words to speak to His creation. Our Savior's words are worth listening to. They're worth pondering. They're worth meditating upon. God's truth, His words of life, deserve more than a Facebook posting, or a soundbite, or a tweet, or a meme or even a 15-minute sermon message. If we don't go deep into God's Word, we may be putting God into a little box because the Scriptures expand our thinking of God. We might be guilty of stereotyping God or making assumptions about Him that aren't true or jumping to erroneous conclusions about the way that God is working in our lives. We might be swayed to and fro to think about all kinds of foolish teachings and to even embrace them. Embracing things that are even harmful to our eternal well-being. We may miss out on what God has to say to us about himself and about our salvation in Jesus Christ and about how we live as followers of Christ. And we might miss out on his word when he tells us what awaits us in heaven. Be quick to listen. Because you see, when God speaks, He makes wondrous things happen. Our Savior speaks and lepers are cleansed. Our Savior speaks and the deaf hear. Our Savior speaks and the lame walks. Our Savior speaks and demons shake and shriek with fear. Our Savior speaks and the dead are made alive. Our Savior speaks and, and faith is birthed. Our Savior speaks and our sins are forgiven. Our Savior speaks and his word is planted in our hearts. Our Savior speaks and heaven's door, heaven's door is open to us. It's no wonder St. Peter said to Jesus one time, Lord, to whom shall we go? I mean, where else are we going to go? Who else we want to listen to? For you, Jesus, have the words of eternal life. Yes, we would do well to listen. To listen to God and His Word. Now, not everything in God's Word makes us feel warm and fuzzy. His Word can have the effect of a hammer crushing a rock as His Word smashes our sin-crusted hearts. His Word can serve like a vacuum that sucks out the sludge and the sewage, the moral filth that settles in our hearts and our minds. His Word can be like a mirror that reflects an image of ourselves that we don't like to look at. And when the Word has this kind of effect on us, what might be our first instinct? Well, our first instinct might be to dismiss God, that that part of God's Word at least, because we don't like it. It might be to ignore that part of God's Word. It might be to deem it irrelevant, that it was culturally appropriate for its day, but not for our day. We might even be angered by it. We might even find that God's Word makes us seethe and smolder with anger at Him because we don't like what He's saying to us about our lives and the choices that we've made or the lack of choices that we've made. We might be finding ourselves wanting to talk back to God Thinking like, repent, God? What do you mean, me repent? Admit that I'm a sinner? No, look at that guy over there. He's far worse off than I am. Love my neighbor as myself? Are you kidding me? Pray for those who persecute me? Be joyful in all circumstances? God, you know what I'm going through. Doesn't God, don't you realize that we're a little bit more enlightened than those people were back in like, Moses' day? I mean, God, who do you think you are to tell me that my life choices are out of bounds? God, I thought you were supposed to affirm me and make me feel really good about myself. It's at such times that James' words are especially appropriate when he says, be quick to listen. Listen and be slow to speak and slow to be angry because as James says man's anger does not produce the righteous life that God desires Listen meditate on that word of God That's what the psalmist says oh how I love your law I meditate it I meditate on it day and night Or the psalmist who writes, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that the sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on His law, His Word, day and night. Yes, we would do well to listen to the Word of the Lord. And even as the Lord instructs us and encourages us to listen to Him, So he also instructs us and encourages us in this word to listen to one another and especially to listen to those who may be different than us. At the pastor's conference, we discussed many topics, many difficult topics. We discussed mental health, which many of us are suffering from. Certainly all of us are impacted by it. We discussed LGBTQ. We discussed immigration. Yes, even illegal immigration. And how we are to respond as God's people to illegal immigration or immigration, the new immigrants, the refugees who live among us. We discussed women and especially a pastor's role and relationship to the women in his congregation. We discussed race relationships between white and black and white and Hispanic and Hispanic and black. As you know, these are difficult, even polarizing issues that call for courageous conversations, that call for civil discourse. That call for a conversation relationships that might even at times make us feel uncomfortable. Listen. Be quick to listen. Unfortunately, we listen and interact with each other kind of like, what, like, like we do sometimes with God. You know, just as we kind of relate to God sometimes through sound bites and memes and other things, so also we relate to kind of one another that way. I mean we even went through it, the exercise this morning. I mean, how many times did you have this conversation walk into the church. Hi, how are you? Fine. You and you okay? Good to hear. Have a nice worship. Bye. Hit repeat. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, great. How was your week? Oh, fine. That weather wasn't so great. No. See you later. Bye. Okay. Hit repeat. Sound bites. Surface. Not really getting to know one another, are we? That unfortunately is how we relate to so many people in the world around us. And unfortunately, based upon those sound bites and upon the perceptions that we have, we are quick to form judgments about people. We're form- we are quick to make for- judgments about them without ever really going deep into understanding who they are. I mean, we judge people by the sound bites. Like just this week, I walked into one of the hospitals, and immediately, somebody said to me, "Hello, father." I have my collar on. this one. Hi, father?" And I said, "Yes, I am. Father, four kids and, a son- and I have a son-in-law as well." And you should have seen the person look at me. See? Perceptions. Perceptions. What if I were to say to you, Hey, I'm a Democrat. What would you think? Oh, I'm a Republican. Now what do you think? Or, I like Fox News. <gasps> You're one of those. Well, I like MNSBC. Oh, no. That's of the devil. Right? We see, a Hispanic man, what do you think? Might he be an illegal immigrant? You see, we're very quick to form judgments and perceptions. Maybe you're not thinking that way. But unfortunately, all too many of us look at different people in different situations and the predicaments in which they find their, themselves and their lives, and they make judgments. Never really getting to know the person. Like Sandra and I often go for a walk along Monroe and we see a lot of homeless people and we often wonder what's their story? Who are these people? Are they just bums that are taking up the resources that we have? What's their story? Who are they? They were loved by someone at some point, and they're loved by someone even now. What's their story? Listen. You know, we love to pigeonhole people. We love to put people in categories. And when we put them into categories, they lose their personality. They lose their humanity even. Like when you hear the word illegal immigrant what do you picture? Do you know one? Have you eaten with one? Have you sat at a table with one and asked them why it was they came to this country? With a person that is struggling with their sexuality, do you know one? Do you talk with one? Do you love that person? Do you try to understand? Do you listen? Do you listen? You see, the Lord is instructing us today to be quick to listen. And quick to listen means looking at a person and seeing them the way that God sees them. And God sees every person as His creation. God sees every person as someone that He loves. Jesus Christ looks at every person as the person for whom He died and for whom He wants to spend an eternal relationship. And that's why St. Paul writes, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we no longer do so. We no longer regard people from a human perspective, from a worldly way. When we look at people, we put on the eyeglasses of God, and we look at them as beloved people created in His image for whom Christ died and for whom God desires a relationship. And so we listen. In his book, Life Together, Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote, the first service that one owes to others in the fellowship consists of listening to them. Just as love for God begins with listening to His Word, so the beginning of love for the brothers is learning to listen to them. It is because of God's love for us that that He not only gives us His Word, but He also lends us His ears. Zeno, the philosopher, said we have two ears but only one mouth that we may hear more and speak less. We listen to understand. We're not listening so that we can give a reply. You cannot listen carefully while you're talking or even while you're thinking about what to say next in response to what the person is saying to you. But listening means like being really absorbed and understanding, going deep in that relationship so you can understand that person's emotions and feelings. Good listeners, you see, make good company. Good listeners make good friends. Good listeners make good learners. And good listeners then make good teachers. And good listeners make good counselors. I like how Morris West put it. He's an Australian novelist and playwright. He said, we must learn to live in the skin of another man so that we can feel the nail prints in his palms. We want to listen and get engaged in the lives of other people around us so that we can love them and share the love of Christ with them through our words and deeds one of the points that was made at the conference is sometimes as we do this though we we fear that by valuing people that we're validating them and their choices in life which may be contrary to the word of God as we look at Jesus we see that Jesus valued people he valued all ten of the lepers that he healed he didn't make choices he healed them all even though only one came back to thank him Jesus values all people, and that's why he died for all the people of this world, no matter their race, no matter their skin color, no matter the language they speak, no matter what those differences might be. He died for all, because he values all. But that doesn't mean that he validates everything either that we choose or don't choose to do in our life. We hear time and again, Jesus says, I love you. And that's why I'm calling you to repent. To repent of your sin. To recognize that there are things that you are doing in your life and decisions that you have made and attitudes that you do do and and, and values that you have and that you hold to that are outside the boundaries of my word. And I'm calling you to repent. That's how much I value you. And that's really the call that he issues to all of us. He values every single one of us. And he calls each of us to repent of our own sin and to come to him for that forgiveness and life that he alone can give. And so the Lord sends us out, doesn't he? He sends us into our schools and into our workplace. He sends us into our community so that we might listen, so that we might form relationships with other people, that we might go beyond the sound bites and the the perceptions that we get and the stereotypes that we get from watching news shows and TV shows and all of those other things that are bombarding us all the time, and instead we go and we listen to what they are, who they are. We get to know them, and they get to know us. And we go and we speak God's truth. We go and we live God's truth. We go and we share Christ's compassion. And in turn, guess what? we often receive God's truth back to us, God's love back to us, God's compassion back to us. Yes, we want to be people that live more than just by sound bites and stereotypes and perceptions and first impressions. We want to dive deep, first of all, into understanding who God is and all that He is and all that He does for us and as we live in his love and understand who he is, then we go and we listen to those people whom he loves. May God grant us the grace and the strength, the courage, the wisdom, the love, the compassion to listen. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.